If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, with a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Mo's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue broncos country is sitting in the south stands drinking the curds from mile high the best part of the Hugging a perfect stranger as they become a friend. Having a good time when the orange and blue WIN. Tuning in every day with the good folks down at BSN. Welcome in to a Monday edition of the BSN Broncos podcast. Ryan Konigsberg and Zach Stevens here at Denver Broncos headquarters. Uh, on a day certainly meant to honor the legacy of Pat Bowen. And Zach, I think whenever uh, you know something like this happens, whenever there's loss, there are a lot of different ways that people cope and people mourn. And um, you know, there's obviously the the very sad you know mourning side, and then there's also celebration of life. And I think this today met somewhere in the middle. It wasn't you know a, a party. Uh, you know, to just to celebrate Pat Bullen. Uh, but it had an upbeat feel to it, and it was almost a a sharing of stories to maybe give people who didn't know Pat as well as obviously John Elway and Joe Ellis did uh, an inside look at the type of man he was. And what's clear is Pat Bullen, it's it's very sad that that he's no longer here. But Ryan, within these walls, he's here every day. John Elway said he is in every decision that's made because of the standard that Pat Bullen set 35 years ago that's so entrenched in these walls, in John Elway's head, in Joe Ellis's mind, that everything they do has Pat Bullen written all over it. Couldn't agree more. And, and again, we'll go down this path at a later date, but every time someone mentions that, it it just illustrates to me again how important I believe it is for the Broncos to stay in the Bullen family. But again, for another day. Um, it was really cool to find out some more personal personal moments about uh, Pat Bullen today. You know, obviously the Super Bowls and the trophies and, uh, you know, that type of stuff. We've seen the videos and we've heard him talk about the Broncos. I really liked getting to hear about 
the 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 person behind all of that and um you know john elway shared some cool stories and he said the best time for the players with pat was at the pro bowl and of course um, Pat Bowen spent a lot of his time when he wasn't here at this facility in Hawaii and of course for the longest time that's where the Pro Bowl was and Pat would travel down to Hawaii with the Pro Bowl players bring them out to dinner at his restaurants he said he, you know they wouldn't have a private room when they would do that because Pat wanted to show off his Pro Bowl players to the people that came into the, into the restaurant um, he mentioned that you know John mentioned that they would go out to his golf you know his golf club there in Hawaii and and play against some of his bu- his best buddies that he would golf with when he was out there and john was like man i i haven't played for six months and we're playing high stakes games out here and of course every time pat's friends you know wipe the floor with us i thought that was also you could feel john's competitive nature there right instantly being like we haven't played for six months what are you doing like you know not wanting to get into a losing battle but and pat's competitive nature right absolutely and pat would tell him every year no we're gonna beat him this time uh and and it's a, it, it was just like I said, it was cool to hear those guys share some of the human side of Pat Bowen. And honestly, it was cool to see them, I don't know if I want to use the word human, but be a little more vulnerable because we're so used to seeing them be the front-facing part of the franchise. It's, it's Joe and John who together kind of make the owner of the Broncos. It was nice to see them in a different light and, and, and be – like I said, a little bit more vulnerable. And it was that the coolest part of that story was, you know, Pat's taking his players to his restaurants that he owns. And I'm sure he has some of the best chefs out there in Hawaii. And they're playing, I imagine, top-notch golf courses out there, which probably are some of the best in the world. And the thing he was most proud of was every single one of his players that he brought with him. And that just shows you to the core of what Pat Bowen was about because we, we hear, you know, he's about the fans and the community and his players, but that is the deepest level uh, of, of caring when that's your number one priority. And that's the thing you're most, you're most proud about. I thought that was so cool. Uh, another moment happened on a golf course as well with Joe Ellison and Pat are golfing. Was it castle pines? Mm-hmm. And, uh, Hole six, apparently a beautiful view, and he and he and Pat had golfed this many times uh, just during a, a casual afternoon outing, and Joe just takes in the Joe just takes in the moment and, and looks to Pat and says, "Pat, thank you so much for inviting me. I, I really appreciate being able to to come out with you and you inviting me to to play golf with you." And Pat said, "No, Joe, I really appreciate you." coming to play with me and accepting my invite. I mean, that shows you how, how much is this guy worth? And uh, what, you know, the, the life that he has, yet he still has the human connection and understands how valuable his employees and, and best friends are to him. That's, that, was, that was the coolest thing that I took away from this today. He, he certainly... Um didn't want it to feel like a billionaire was running the Broncos with a hand, you know, with a, with a, a puppeteers, whatever you want to call it, and was apart from everyone else. He wanted to feel like he wanted to feel like he was a part of the locker room. John Elway said, you know, he didn't want to deal with the money stuff because he felt like that would affect his relationship with the players. He wanted to be friends with the players. That is the opposite of what you would hear 
uh, from a lot of people who own teams right now, they'll say, hey, I don't want to get too close to the players because then when it comes decision time, I'm going to you know, have a hard time putting aside personal feelings um, from football feelings. And Pat was the opposite of that, which some might argue could have been detrimental to the Broncos. Clearly, based on his legacy, it wasn't. It was a positive thing for the Broncos. And John Elway mentioned that. He said, you know, when he's at practice every single day, it shows you how much it means to him when you're a player. Joe Ellis said the same thing. He said Pat Bowen often said, hey, I'm here every day. I'm here every day. And he was here every day. And Joe Ellis said, you know, that shows everyone in the building that this, that isn't some, some side job, that this is number one to him, that this is of the utmost importance, not just for him, but for the community, for the people. Um, and a lot of these things we knew about Pat Bowen, but in any case, you know, the longer away you get from something, the the more those, you know, um, those legacies build up. I thought this was a really great day in showing specific examples of why Pat Bowen was that guy that everyone says he was. And I don't know if it was John or Joe said, Pat always wanted to tear up people, the players' contracts and give them more money just, just because he loved his players so much. And another cool, kind of a different angle that we really got to explore today was in John Elway's words, Pat was a pretty cool dude. Of course, wearing, wearing the Minx coat out in Cleveland. Um, and then just the, the way he dressed, the fashion he had, the way that players viewed him. You know, John freaking Elway said he was a pretty cool dude. Joe Ellis, who, you know, president of the team, all, looked up to him in, in a cool way. You know, they were in New York on 57th, and they walked by Louis Vuitton, just him and, him and Pat. And Pat, Joe admitted that, you know, Joe just doesn't, doesn't have the best fashion he's style. A, he's a modest dresser. Exactly. And Pat dressed to the nines. And uh, they walked by this Louis Vuitton, and Pat goes, Joe, we need to get you some of those suits. So the next day, uh, with Pat's credit card, from, from what I believe, he went into the Louis Vuitton, Right when it opened at 10 a.m. and uh, without Pat there, because Pat was full, full of, uh, had a full day out there in New York. And Joe said, "How much? How much are these suits?" And whatever the answer was, scared the heck out of, uh, out of Joe Ellis. And so he didn't throw it on Pat's card. He didn't get one of those suits. But uh, that just shows you, you know, cool dude. And also, he 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 wanted his friends and and this Broncos organization to be the best in everything that's, you know, right outside the Broncos locker room. Absolutely. And again, you see his generosity. You see how cool he was, you know, in today's day and age, can you think of an owner that the players would say is cool? Not now. In today's day and age, the owners are the bad guy, right? You know, the owners are kind of what I was talking about uh, a second ago. They're the puppet master. Uh, and players, we've seen it happen a lot in recent years, players feeling like they're nothing more than an employee to these owners. Oh, well, we just make money for the owners, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I can't think of one off the top of my head, and maybe there is one that I'm, that I'm blanking on, but I can't think of one right now who, if you were talking off the record with a player and you said, hey, what do you think of insert owner? They wouldn't be like, well, he's, you know, an old rich white guy. What, what else can I feel about him, you know? Um, I will say, um, 
in Chicago, there's a lot of love for the ownership there, but it's rare. And I think, you know, if Pat was around today, he would be kind of revolutionary as an owner because of how different he was, because he liked to bond with the players, because he liked to go in on Friday afternoons in the locker room. And we see them do this to this day, play college pick them. They have a list of games. Everyone's got to pick their teams. There's there's money put into a pool. Whoever has the most wins. We see them do that. You know, that's a tradition that carries on. But can you imagine, Zach, Pat Bowen sitting in there at that table, you know, picking games with, with players? Right now, and it's not a, a detriment to anyone in this building, but right now that, that pick and pool is just players. It, it's not like, you know, coaches are coming in or GMs or Joe Ellis is coming in. That's It's so cool. And all the players loved it. And that's when he went from Pat Bowen, the guy that doesn't really like the limelight, doesn't like to talk, a quiet guy, to apparently he got pretty rowdy in, in, in those times. And that, again, just shows you the connection and love that he had for the players, which I think we've done a pretty good job showing is not something that happens with owners and players all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, a couple news items that came out from this press conference. One, and I love this one, the Broncos are going to wear a patch on their helmets honoring Mr. B. And if you remember when John or when, when Pat was put into the ring of fame, there was uh, pins that went around that said Mr. B on them. And I think actually they were given to people who were in the stadium that day. Um, that pin, which is an orange ovular shape, just says Mr. B in blue letters on it. They're going to wear that on the helmets this year, which uh, is, is cool. They said, you know, they, they talked about a jersey thing, but they didn't think Pat would want to be on a jersey. In fact, they didn't think he would want to be on the helmet, but they decided to go with the helmet. Another news thing that people might not like as much, uh, Joe was at, Joe Ellis was asked about the stadium potentially being named after Pat Bowen in whatever way. And he said, I try to think of what Pat would want. I don't think he would want that, so I don't think we're going to do that. And that, I, I think in the end, that's fair. Um, I think it's true as well. I, I, I 100% believe that. I agree with that as well. Uh, and I also, you know, I think we'd be naive to ignore the business side of it. There, you know, I mentioned the possibility of Pat Bowen Field at something or other stadium. In the end, this the franchise has been pretty vocal about the fact that they they need that money to from the naming rights deal to upkeep the stadium over a long period of time now obviously they've gotten this far without it for three years now but uh i think there's you know two sides to it and i think it made the decision easier to say pat probably wouldn't have wanted that exactly exactly and pat would also want the outcome that's going to lead to being number one in everything. And Joe has made it very clear those, what, about $10 million per year, they need that to make the stadium the best. They need that to have the cash flow. So I know people aren't going to like to hear it, but Ryan, this answer surprised me zero. I mean, I was not shocked at all. Um, And while some people may say, ah, it's a cover, it's a cover. Yeah, but also it's a cover if you believe that. It's a cover for what something else Pat would want, and that's being number one in everything and making good business decisions. Agreed. Um, the last thing I think on the news side of things, if you are in Denver, 
tomorrow morning through afternoon at the stadium, they are going to have a celebration of life for Pat Bowen. And it sounds like this is going to be pretty darn cool, Zach. Uh, the way Joe Ellis described it to us is a bit of a museum with the uh, the artifacts of Pat Bowen's life, whether it be that beaver coat that he wore on the sidelines, whether it be the three Super Bowl trophies will be in attendance. Um, a really good opportunity to go there. And then above all, you'll have your chance to pay respect to the Bowen family who will be in attendance as well. So uh, we will be there in the morning. Um, so if you see us, definitely say hi. Uh, but it sounds like a, you know, a really cool thing. I'll, we'll obviously document it for those who won't be there. Um, you know, I'll have my camera out there. We'll have our phones, you know, recording whatever needs to be recorded. So follow us uh, on Twitter, bsnnever.com, if you aren't going to be able to make it. But if you are able to make it, seek us out. Say hi. And then, of course, the news that came out since the last time we did a podcast, Pat Bullen will have a private funeral one week from today uh, that will be in Denver. They're going to invite uh, all the NFL owners, uh, a bunch of uh, NFL personnel, Broncos team staff, players, past players. I'm sure that'll be a very special event for, for Pat and his family. And finally, uh, in terms of the ownership, we were told today, and, and this should be no surprise to anyone, nothing has changed. Uh, as of right now, the, the team is in the hands of the trust. The trust will continue, at, in Joe Ellis's words, to carry out the plan of Pat Bull. And he said, Pat planned for this day, and we're carrying out that plan. And in case you had any doubt about it, John Elway has 100% confidence in the trust, what they're doing, their direction, and that direction of carrying out what Pat wants. And lastly, Joe Ellis, I thought it was pretty cool. One, he gave a shout-out to the media, said I I really appreciated all the articles, the tributes, uh, the radio broadcasts, the TV pieces. And Zach, he even threw in... I listen to some of your podcasts. Mm, that That is very, very cool. And Ryan, Joe may be listening to this podcast live. He may be our only live listener, as we know his office is potentially right above us. <laughs> Somewhere above us. So I, I truly, uh, you know, for kind of going back to what I just said about, you know, owners and people of power and football being out of touch. That was very uh, in touch uh, of Joe Ellis to mention podcasts. And I'm pretty sure of all the people that were sitting in that room, we were the only ones who had a podcast on this. And additionally, Joe in that way showed in one respect how he is carrying on Pat Bowen's legacy of being very connected. I mean, they both Joe and John emphasized how Pat was here every day and he wanted to make it known. Uh, He always wanted to communicate, never had an iPhone. Always had a flip phone, but was communicating with Joe and John every single day. Uh, whether he was, whether that was when Joe or John was a player, or whether it was when he was the general manager, and uh, Joe is doing the exact same thing. I mean, being as connected as you can be. And Joe, if you ever want to jump on this podcast, we'd love to have you on. And I'll take it even a step further, Zach, because you haven't had a chance to read this yet, but we are going to run a feature on bsendeavor.com today, and when you're listening to it, it's probably up, that was written by Sam Adams, who used to cover the team for the Denver Post and the Rocky Mountain News. And in there, he shares his relationship with Pat Bowen, which you know I, I told him made me jealous that I wasn't able to cover the team uh, when Pat Bowen was here because it sounds like he was – 
very re- reasonable with the media. But he mentioned something in there that I just know Joe Ellis is carrying out. And he said, I was new on the beat and I went up and said hi to Pat Bowen and he already knew my name. He said, it's nice to meet you, Sam. Well, about two years ago, I was at the Taste of the Broncos event, ran into Joe Ellis, said, hey, Joe, how are you doing? He said, hey, Ryan, how are you? Mm. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those little things. And, and I always talk about these things are not difficult. It's not hard to learn, you know, the 10 main media members' names who are here every day. It's not hard when you're standing on the podium if, if you're Vic Fangio when I ask a question to say, you know, Ryan, that's a good question. Little things like that do go a long way with people. And I think Pat, as you'll read in this story when you read it, and you have to read it, um, Pat was very cognizant of little things like that. Know the name of the media. Uh, you know, um, compliment them if they get a good scoop. Um, know the name of the cafeteria, you know, people in the cafeteria, whether it's the people cleaning it up or the people cooking the food. When you are a person in power, those little touches go a really, really long way. It goes a long way, and it was very cool. I mean, I can't wait to read that story, Ryan. And also, when it impacts John Elway, when he's the guy as the player, when he's at the Pro Bowl being John Elway, when it impacts him the way it does, just imagine... What, what it means to the 53rd man on the team, to the practice squad guys, uh, to your starting right guard. It goes a long way, and the Broncos had that for 35 years with Pat. Really cool stuff. Um, again, I want to thank Joe and John. They were very candid, um, very open, very honest, and I think we learned a lot uh, about Pat Bowen today. So pretty cool stuff. I know you guys have some stuff you want to say about Pat Bowen. So on the other side of this break, we'll start getting to your questions and comments. uh, The ones that revolve around Pat Bowen and the ones that don't. We'll be right back on the BSN Broncos podcast. The Greg Mastriona Golf Courses at Highland Hills offer something for everyone. With a championship 18-hole golf course, the regulation 9-hole blue course, and two par threes, golfers of all skill levels will find exactly what they're looking for. There's a lot of opportunities for families to enjoy the game of golf together here. as We do have multiple courses, all different skill levels, so it's a great place to teach and develop really a good way for families to you know grow their skills and enjoy the game together that was alan brown he's the director of golf over at highland hills if you're busy at work all day don't worry at highland hills it's never too late to start a round of golf well highland hills has a fantastic pay for what you play program it is designed for the player to play after four o'clock or five o'clock in the evening and you check in you play as many holes as you can until dark and then you come to the pro shop and we give you a rain check for any holes you don't finish we also do a really fun event glow golf on our par three golf course one time a month 25 dollars no cart but we give you glow balls it's a fantastic way to have some fun with friends and get out and enjoy the nighttime and the summertime here in Colorado. To learn more and book a tee time, head over to GolfHighlandHills.com today or call them at 303-428-6526. Rolling along here on the BSN Broncos podcast. As always, thanks for tuning in with us. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening and all of those who have subscribed recently. I really appreciate you too. Uh, we, we promise we will make your money's worth um, and when you subscribe, you can get a free BSN Denver t-shirt right now. So pretty, 
pretty cool thing going on there. And like I said, you know, the difference between the cost of the t-shirt and the cost of the subscription will make it up for you in spades in terms of content. Absolutely. And first one coming in from California, Orange and Blue says, truly a sad, sad day in Broncos country. Thank you, Ryan, for sharing those thoughts on the horrible oversight that the Hall of Fame, in quotes, did to Mr. B's legacy. They truly could have done this the right way, but now he'll never get to experience that gold jacket that he so rightfully deserved. And Ryan, speaking of gold jackets and Hall of Fame rings, uh, yesterday Mike Kliss put out uh, a piece with some potentially more disturbing news that I think people like California Orange and Blue, I think everyone will be pretty upset about if it takes one of the two directions. Pretty much what, uh, what Mike found out was this is the only time where a person has been alive when they've been voted into the Hall of Fame and died before they, the official enshrinement. And the Hall of Fame has rules where if you are not alive when you're enshrined into the Hall of Fame, you and your family do not get a gold jacket and you do not get a Hall of Fame ring. And the reason for what they say is that they don't want the family members fighting over it or potentially selling it. So they just say, no, you're not going to get it at all. So the question right now, what Mike asked, which the Hall of Fame did not have a response to yet, was is, is the Bolin family going to get the gold jacket? Are they going to get the Hall of Fame ring? Or are they going to say no because when he's enshrined, he's no longer alive? Zach, I did not need more reasons to be mad at the Hall of Fame. I did not need more reasons to dislike this this committee, this organization. I really didn't. But for the love of God, how many things can they get wrong? It's unbelievable. And this should not be a conversation. Mike Kliss should not have had to waste his time on this yesterday. What? I mean, come the heck on. Not only Pat Bowen, but anyone who is inducted into the Hall of Fame, deserves that honor. Whether it's their family, you know, while you're talking about that, we're sitting 100 feet away from the beautiful showcase the Broncos have in the front of the facility here. That's where the, the jacket should be. It should be sitting front and center of that showcase, you know, around a mannequin so people can come and see what Papel and earned. And the ring should be right there, too. And honestly, it doesn't matter if it's there or not. That should be up to the family to decide. That should be up to Annabelle to decide. Give me a break. I mean, how tone deaf do you have to be? Because, uh, you know, someone passed away, their family is robbed of an honor. Really, they're robbed of that honor, and their family has to deal with it. Come on, man. Yeah, the first thing that popped into my mind when I saw this was the Hall of Fame's just trying to save a pretty penny by not having to make an extra gold jacket and a ring, and that's certainly not what it should be about. And, Ryan, you and I came up with a solution for this in about 15 seconds when talking about this before doing this pod. It took us 15 seconds. We, we, we it hope, might be less than that, honestly. We hope the Hall of Fame can maybe just listen to this or find out another solution. What we said is if they don't want the family selling uh and not just the Bolin family, but any any family going and through this. The Bolin family needs the money. I mean, right? To to exactly to sell that if they don't want them to sell these pieces of memorabilia, why not just give it to them on a ninety nine year lease and say this isn't technically your property. You're going to be able to keep this forever, but by doing this lease, you get to keep it. You get to do whatever you want with it, but it's not your property, so you can't sell it. Wow. 
How hard was that, Zach? <laughs> and I kid you not, we came up with that in less than 15 seconds. 15 <laughs> seconds was a generous estimate because I hadn't read the article. And you mentioned that they didn't want to sell it. That was the first thing I said. Well, my, why not just lend it to them? Yeah. And that, that's when you were like, oh, yeah, just do a nine. What, how about a 999 year lease? Right. Nine million, nine thousand, nine hundred nine hundred. Make sure that they have it till the end of time. And there's not some stupid, you know, debate over whose it is when the lease expires. But yeah, it is not yours. You can't sell it. Otherwise, you it, it is yours to do with what you want. So that'll get the uh, the fan base fired up just like it did both you and I. <laughs> That's so unnecessary, Zach. Yeah. We're talking about a jacket and a ring. Yeah. I will pay for it out of my pocket mm-hmm. if that's what's necessary. <laughs> There's zero reasons for this to happen. Yeah. Zero. I, no, Garbage. No one will disagree. Next one coming in from Estes to Best. It says, what up, what up, BSN rock stars? And a small town called Megalia. Megalia. Megalia, California, at 6.10 a.m. Pacific time on Friday, June 14th. I woke up and read that our beloved Broncos owner, Pat Bullen, had passed on. I was born in 1992 and knew about Mr. B since our first Super Bowl win. My heart is broken. I will always remember his fur coat and how he would walk down at the end of the game to be with the players on the field. He had so much class. My thoughts and prayers are extended to his family as well as Broncos country. Beyond football, he was a savvy businessman and an overall great guy. Thank you, Mr. B, for what you've for all you've done, and we won't let you down as fans. Your legacy will live on through us and hopefully many, many more Super Bowl wins. With that being said, I've been doing some thinking. We all know that Elway is extremely competitive and he doesn't want to leave the Broncos in a bad situation once he moves on. He most likely wants to ride off into the sunset yet again with a Lombardi. So, I think the next few years should be a very exciting time for us fans. Think about it. Elway probably won't leave until he wins another championship. Well, then, we will probably see one very soon. Maybe I'm being too much of an, of, of an optimist, but there are definitely reasons to get excited about Broncos country. Thanks for all you BSN rock stars. And keep up the great work even through a tough time like this. Again, R.I.P. Mr. B. Hopefully. I, ho- I hope that happens. It would be perfect for the Broncos for John Elway to lead Drew Locke and the boys to another championship. And I, th- I honestly believe, you know, if Drew Locke becomes a franchise quarterback, the Broncos will do what it takes to get a team around him that will win a Super Bowl. And that would be great. I hope John Elway gets to ride off in the sunset again because – Personally, I think the vitriol vitriol that has surrounded his name over the last three years is kind of ridiculous. Um, and I realize that, you know, he's made some bad decisions. So has everyone, including Pat Bolin. Um, but come on. He won a Super Bowl just over three calendar years ago. Those things don't just come around. They don't grow on trees. That should buy you a lot of leash with the fan base and it hasn't so again i hope he wins another one and then does just drop the mic because i think it would be the perfect exit it really really would and john said with all of this he is even more motivated uh for this season specifically and i think there's no question that pat bolin didn't use the word rebuild in his vocabulary and john elway also does not use that word, and he has made it clear by his actions. Even when the Broncos draft a quarterback, high Ryan, they still go out and get a Super Bowl MVP to be their quarterback so that they don't have to rebuild. Next one here is from Steve Atwater, Hall of Fame. He says, that was a great tribute to a great owner, and hopefully Brittany can keep it going. Goes on. Brandon Effenperna. 
<laughs> He's my third favorite dude in the Broncos media world, next to you two, of course. I'm excited about Tuesday's podcast. I'm I'm more excited about Tuesday's podcast than I am in the College World Series this weekend. And I hope uh, he's a college baseball fan. We will keep you updated. Um, this, with the celebration of life for Pat Bowen happening tomorrow, we're just juggling schedules, so we'll keep you updated on on what's to, what's going to happen. But we will have Brandon Pern on, whether it's tomorrow or Wednesday. We will have him on very soon. And if you have questions for Brandon specifically, leave him on the podcast. And whatever day we get around, and again, I don't want to, you know, crush anyone's hopes. It might be tomorrow. It also might be Wednesday just based on the scheduling. So I'm sure you guys will understand. But we, we will have plenty of questions for Perna. Goes on. What would Pat love about the 2019 Broncos? And what is one thing you think he would have done differently? Or do you think that Elway is running things exactly the way Pat would have? P.S. It made my day when you compared Von Miller to a Razorback. <laughs> I think he absolutely loves having a Super Bowl MVP as his general manager and as his quarterback of the team right now because both of those show that this team has a chance this year. Maybe it's a chance to be better than last year, which obviously isn't, isn't what Pat would want, but you can't tell me that there's 0% chance this team can't in some way compete this year. I think he would love that the Broncos are one of, if not the best teams in terms of giving back to the community um there is something going on every tuesday the folks who run the community um what is it community relations or community you know outreach there we go program here at the at the denver broncos are top notch and this team is constantly out giving back to the community and i think uh, that it would certainly make pat happy you're 100 percent right next one from inside line broncos says hey guys just wanted to pay respects to mr b and say maybe you guys could name the fantasy team after him or have some sort of tribute to him thanks and the tribute was awesome we're working on something and, and i'll let you guys know when it's finalized but we are working on something next one here is from the oc hey guys just wanted to thank you for the awesome tribute on friday waking up to that news broke my heart i obviously never knew pat but everything I heard and seen pointed at him being such a genuine person. Not many owners of all sports can compare to what he's done and left behind. He's going to be missed. R.I.P. Mr. B. Another note from the pod. One of my main hobbies is sports wagering. When you guys discussed Super Bowl odds, I kept yelling Colts. Other than the Patriots in the East, the Colts are the only other team in the AFC predicted to win their division by a wide margin. The books are essentially daring people to put money on the Jags, Titans, and Texans with the juice in your favor by a large margin. This is just to make the playoffs, not even division winner. At the moment, the books are saying New England, Kansas City, Indianapolis, and Cleveland, with the wild card being uh, the Chargers and the Steelers. Lastly, I apologize for the long rant, but can I ask a favor? Anyway, you can throw a shout out once those homegrown tees get restocked. Been checking every day, saving that code for myself and grabbing one for the lady. Thanks again. Yeah, we will. Uh, we will. I'll ask uh, the merch folks to let us know when they're back in stock, and we'll we'll be sure to mention it on the pod. Yeah, thanks for keeping us honest, the OC. I mean, yep, Colts. Colts are a good uh, a good underdog. They're so tough. The second team, you you uh, you down to make them the second team in the AFC? Hmm. Because if you're forcing my hand, I'm gonna put Kansas City ahead of them. Hmm. I don't know. I think the Colts may be trending in the right direction, and KC is trending back. I mean, is it a game? Is it three games? 
Maybe you do ride with Andrew Luck. They were so bad in that playoff game. I can't get that. That's the last time I saw them on the field, and I just can't get that out of my head. They were really bad in the playoff game. It was a disaster. But I think Colts could could have the first round bye over the Chiefs. Hope so, I guess. <laughs> Next one's from Mike Apexa. Rest in peace, Pat Bowen. As suggested by my good friend and fellow diehard Broncos fan, Aaron Kavaiaia. We need an orange BSN shirt with a picture of Pat Bowen holding up a Super Bowl trophy in the words, this one's for Pat. And the years of his life printed on it somewhere. Think that could happen? Maybe. Ryan Clayman chimes in and says, love this idea. From Pastor Rhett. Rest in peace, Mr. B. It was an honor and a blessing to be a fan under your leadership. Foco OG. Foco Gio? I I can't get it, Ryan. Foco G. Foco G. You just <laughs> mix Foco and OG into one word. Foco G. Foco G. Okay. Okay, maybe I'll get it next time. He says, I have to admit, I was a little bummed the rest of the comment got skipped last episode, but it was to give Mr. Bullen his proper respect if it was worth it a million times over. R.I.P. Pat, and may your spirit forever reside in the hearts of Broncos country. I don't think that was intentional that we skipped it at all. We were just short on time, Mm. and so we, we got to the question part of his comment. He says, I hope Ryan accepted my friendly apology and that you guys will find time for my Super Bowl story in another episode. Hey, uh, Foco G, just repost it, please, to, to help us out, and then that way we won't forget it at all. He says, I'm super excited to hear your take on the top 10 Broncos of all time and also to have Brandon Perna on the show. Great things coming on the best Broncos podcast out there. Question, a while back y'all talked about a, str- a s- steak seasoning named after Elway. Where do I get some of this? Go on to www.google.com, <laughs> type in Elway's Steak Seasoning, and I'm sure you'll find it. And it's not actually, I mean, it's kind of named after Elway, but it's his restaurant's Steak Seasoning. He made it <laughs> with his bare hands, every <laughs> single can of it. No top chef helped him at all, I'm sure. And every can has a little piece of silver from a Lombardi truck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure about that. Those ones are worth $1,000. Also, on board with the BSN golf shirts and a t-shirt with Bolin holding up the Lombardi drawing saying, this one's for John. Or vice versa, John holding it saying, this one's for Pat. Which is better? I think the, the line would be different. Um, but if we went down that road, we'll figure it out. Also, or Bronco's question. I know it's still too early in the offseason to make a well-educated prediction, but with what we've seen so far, how do you see the AFC record, record AFC West records at the season's end? Uh, give, me, give me first, second, third, fourth. Oh, you mean the division? Uh, you don't have to give me records. Oh, 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 no, it's oh, 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 oh. It's going to be Chiefs. They're high on the Chiefs. Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders. Chargers, number one. Chiefs, Broncos, then way far behind. You got the Raiders. I think you're just forgetting that, you know, the Chargers, and I touch wood for the, the sake of their players. They're going to have at least one catastrophic injury that derails their season before they even set foot out there. This is the best chance Philip Rivers has had, and I think they take advantage of it. I think they take advantage of it by going eight and eight and finding out <laughs> that the Philip Rivers 
era is over and they draft a quarterback in the first round next year. Oh, Ryan, don't don't keep going down this route. You're gonna you're gonna look silly. No. You're no. gonna look silly. <laughs> Joe Flacco will have a better season than Phil Rivers. <laughs> Statistically. Maybe not statistically. No, you seem pretty much said it. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just said. So what does that mean then? You'll just be able to know by the eye test that one guy is washed and the other guy just found a nice system that works well for him. Mm, I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm sorry. We'll see. This is the, this is the only thing I think you're going to be so wrong on. We'll see. We can <laughs> only time will tell. He, said, he closes out with I think the Broncos go nine and seven and maybe get a wild wild card spot three and three in the division Chargers twelve and four four and two in the division Chiefs fall after losing Hill and Hunt and go ten and six three and three in the division and the Raiders go six and ten seven and nine at best with only a two and four record in the division Am I somewhere close Thoughts I think you're spot on with uh, with exactly how I'm feeling No you're getting caught up in wanting the Chiefs to fall back. They're going to fall back, but they're still going to win the division. I I could even see Chargers 13-3. and three. Now, I'm not saying they win the Super Bowl or go far, but regular season, they're going to be legit. They lost to the Broncos last year. Ryan, they could... They could have their they could have their 0-3 stretch because they're, they're bound to have something like that and then win 13 straight. You are insane. <laughs> There's no way. How old is Philip Rivers? Thirty-five. I mean, we know that we know the age of the Broncos quarterbacks when they win a Super Bowl. Thirty-eight. He looks so broken down whenever I watch him play, <laughs> and it's only getting worse this year. Wow! Wow, Ryan. I mean, he just he cost them the game against the Broncos just by being dumb. Thirty-two touchdowns, twelve interceptions last year. Forty. 300 yards almost a 70 percent completion percentage 105.5 passer rating ryan i don't know how you can say he's broken down (laughs) i saw it at the end of the season saw it with my own eyes he tapered off i mean did you see what the patriots did in what respect in in when they played yeah yeah, the Patriots, that's why they're my clear Super Bowl favorite this year. <laughs> Philip couldn't do anything. <laughs> it was sad to watch. It's like watching a great fall right before your eyes. Mm. It's like watching a big uh, uh, a great redwood tumble in the woods. Mm. Wow. Wow, you're going to look silly. You're going to look silly. I'm we'll going to s- have uh, I'm going to have our producer you <laughs> keep this clip. For, uh, for December. <laughs> All right. Uh, from Boris the Blade. Ugh. TLDR, which is the wrong um, the wrong term. It's actually called bloof. <laughs> yeah. TLDR means we won't read this. Yeah. Too right. long, didn't read. Yep. Or, yep. Yeah. That's supposed to be at the yep. end because it's past <laughs> yeah. tense. Anyways, he says, I'm behind, on wor- uh, I'm behind on everything working out here in the sticks. First off, RIP Pat. Thanks for the memories. Now back to business. This one's for Konigsberg. I hate because I care. A few bullet points from a mouth-breathing CSU Ram. His words, not mine. (laughs) RK, I demand your mother's take on your lack of sportsmanship. If not, I blame Boulder. (laughs) Man, I'm sorry to let you guys down, but I was with my mom yesterday. Mm. And I I didn't have time to go back to the podcast and play it for her. 
But I simply just asked for her take. And she was pro celebrating. No. <laughs> Even you asked her a goal eight. She nine, saw the whole debate. She 10, saw the whole debate. And I was like, did you 11, hear the whole thing? 12, and she said, yeah, I think 15. they should celebrate and have as much fun as they want. Oh, wow. So then we're blaming Boulder. That's fine. <laughs> you know, when you're from Boulder and your biggest rival is the Rams, you get used to winning by a lot. <laughs> and that's when I learned to celebrate no matter the score. We, uh, we're going to have some good Rams talk coming in right around the showdown this year. I'm sure we will. All right, regarding celebration, I'm in Camp Zach. Act like you've been there, which leads me to this. Thanks to Steve Atwater Hall of Fame for making the connection between U.S. Ladies Soccer and the NFL. A recurring fictional moment in my mind. The night before Super Bowl 50, Cam is practicing dance moves in the mirror and trying on ridiculous Batman villain outfits while PFM is reviewing film and playbooks. All right. Maybe that didn't happen. Regarding negative RK and Mad Zach, I love it. If you got hate in your heart, let it out. Can't keep it wrapped in. Goes on. Jan Bino for president. I love that guy. <laughs> Remember his first TD under Kubiak? Yep, on the first touch of his career. <laughs> he looked like he stole a chicken and the farmer was about to blast him with a shotgun. Both arms over the ball, high-stepping into the promised land. We're going to see more of that this year. I think so, too. Much love to all. Check out the Fantasy Footballers podcast if you're struggling for relevancy like me. If you're still reading, who's the best CSU Ram slash Bronco of all time not named Shaq? <laughs> i mean basically gary kubiak since he might as well have been a ram yeah he's definitely an honorary ram i did you see they i think we talked about it. they drafted a csu ram up in minnesota uh-huh um i think did they draft him or sign him afterwards uh drafted him okay i think in the fifth round okay um trying to think of ones that were good Bradley Van Pelt, yep, not that's him. What comes to mind. Cecil Sapp, not him. Ty Sambrilo, not him. Joey Joel, Porter was never a Bronco. Joel Dreesen, it's about as good as you can do. Let us know what you think, uh, Boris the Blade. I think you'll probably have a better, uh, better recollection. I think they're few and far between. <laughs> Next one coming in from Broncos Brit seventy three. Great podcast, guys. Even in the sad circumstance. To hear great stories of the man, Ryan, I agree with you that some people only buy a club for the status and fun, but people like Mr. B are a rare few. In the UK, the amount of soccer club owners who do it just to show off is silly. You either support the team or try to make make it a success. A Facebook group I belong to has suggested Pat Bullen Memorial Field at Mile High. Well, I, we, we touched on that, uh, and I mean, it's a, it's a great idea, but it won't be happening. And that's okay. I, there's a statue of Pat Bowen. There'll be a patch. It's not as if we are short on honors for Mr. B. And, and I get why people would like that. And, and I don't think anyone would dislike it except for maybe Pat Bowen himself. Mm-hmm. And personally, I don't mind it at all that, that, that the field won't be named after him because of what Joe said today. Yeah, it's, I, I don't think it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just kind of a thing that, you know, that – Joel has the right to make that decision. And I think I just think a lot of people are going to be enraged at that, and, and I'm, I'm not. No, me either. All right. A lot of people might actually be enraged about this, but we're going to take a break right here, and then we'll come back on the other side. What's up, guys? Ryan Konigsberg here, and i got to tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. 
Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward, anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials, and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect, just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. Final segment here on the BSN Broncos podcast, and as always, we appreciate you guys for tuning in with us. We th- hope you had a fantastic weekend. Zach, let's continue on here with a question from your body, your buddy, Travo. My buddy, Travo. Body, Travo is what I asked. <laughs> my body. We can talk about my body all you want. <laughs> he he chimes in and says, "I think a fun idea would be if you did a per- personal Mount Rushmore for each position, or at least the skill positions. You could even switch it up a little bit and do Broncos only or all NFL. Also, could include favorites or best players of all time. I don't know, just something to have a little fun with. Love you guys, Trav. O out. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. And he says he'll do the receivers really quick." Broncos only. One, Rod Smith. Two, DT. Three, Ed McCaffrey. Four, Brandon Marshall, the receiver, probably not the linebacker playing receiver. NFL. you got to put DT over B. Marsh, in my opinion. He is. He is. Oh, D- oh, 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 oh my two. bad, my bad. <laughs> NFL. One, Randy Moss. Two, Jerry Rice. Three, T.O. Four, Larry Fitz. The f- when you take the full slate of players, it's almost impossible to get it right. Um do you agree with his Broncos receivers? Who are we missing? Who, who's the big miss? Emmanuel Sanders has a chance to earn his way on there, but I wouldn't put him above any of these guys. Man, could you imagine Rod Smith, DT, and Ed McCaffrey? Um, no. I mean, that'd be crazy. <laughs> um, the three amigos aren't represented on here, but yeah. – it's and it's, tough. it's so hard with that because you point to stats and they're just not going to have it compared to guys that paid with, played with Peyton Manning and, and John Elway for so many years. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that's good. Why, why don't we do quarterbacks? Because I think that one's funny. Mm. funny. I don't know if funny is the right word. It definitely goes Elway. Well, on there are Elway, Manning, and Plumber. Who's the fourth? Cutler. Well, no, you probably have to dive Craig back. Morton, probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably Craig. It's not exactly <laughs> inspiring. <laughs> no. And also, do you do uh, How about we do um Mount Rushmore of drafted Broncos quarterbacks? <laughs> uh I'll take Jake Cutler. Jake Cutler. Maybe Drew Locke. Tim Tebow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me Tim. Does Trevor Simeon make it on the list? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then Drew Locke finishes it off. Because he's done just about as much as every other Broncos drafted quarterback. Chad Kelly just missed the cut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, from Micah Pexa, he said, just read this article in the Honolulu Star Advertiser on Pat Bullen. Why do some places' um, papers name have – why are they so long? <laughs> that is long. Why can't it just be the Honolulu Post? Yep. <laughs> There's like the World Herald Advertiser uh, Star. <laughs> Anyways, 
Hawaii was his second home, and according to the article, Pat was extremely instrumental in keeping the Pro Bowl in Hawaii for so long, when several other owners thought it could make more money back in the mainland somewhere. Apparently, Bowen's trick was to make sure the Pro Bowl discussion was scheduled for the very end of the owners' meetings, when everyone was tired from the hours of negotiations on other topics. <laughs> this way, no one could be bothered to put up much of a fight, and it got passed through fairly easily. Smart guy, that Pat Bowen. Pat knew and argued that Hawaii was an important vacation location for the players and their families who had been separated from each other for so many months during the season. The source in the article uh, opinions that if Pat were still alive, the Pro Bowl would have never left Hawaii. And from everything I've read each year, the players would prefer it here anyways. Thank you, Mr. B. Rest in peace. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's very insightful. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that, Micah. I should have never left. It doesn't. It's not any better in Orlando. In fact, it just makes the players less inclined to want to go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Next one coming in from Missouri Bronco. Ryan, it's the shortest comment we've ever had. It's an emoji with a broken heart. It's a. Uh, sometimes that's all you need. Exactly. Next one from Shaggy McLovin the third says it's been a while since I commented, so it may be a long post, but I'll try to keep it short. One, I loved how you guys talked about following your dreams. That's it. That's it takes great work ethic, integrity, and doing whatever it takes to fulfill your dreams. You guys help me with my dream by making my comp my commutes for work much more pleasant. I'm in the cannabis industry and have to always drive between San Diego, LA, and Palm Springs Springs each week. Some people ask how I do it, and it's because of podcasts. I love how you do a daily podcast. I'm coming up on a year subscription and I'm excited to renew it. That is so cool, by the way. I only listen to the podcast because I'm always in my car. I I have only read about five articles this past year, so when I heard you talk about audio articles, I got excited. Your articles are amazing and excited to not miss any now that I can hear it. And for and that's a perfect example of why we're doing this. Because we know that for a lot of people, that your quote-unquote free time is when you're driving between one place and another. And <laughs> as I'm learning, the older I get, Free time is fleeting. The more responsibilities you have, et cetera, et cetera. I don't even have kids yet. So I understand why, you know, people want to get as much done as they can while they're in the car. And whether it's listening to audiobooks, podcasts, and now audio stories, we totally get that. So I'm really glad, Shaggy McLovin, that you'll be able to get even more value out of your subscription now. Number two, if Mike Munchak can work on can work his magic on our offensive line, man, do you see because which lineman do you see becoming a solid starter, becoming a Pro Bowl, and an All-Pro? Different player for each one. Solid starter would have to be Garrett Bowles, if, if Mike Munchak is uh, you know making magic. Pro Bowler? Uh, Juwan James? Okay. All-Pro is Dalton Reisner. I think so. That's probably how I would do it, too. <laughs> I suppose that Juwan James would be more likely to be all pro, I guess. But we did see a rookie guard become an all pro last year. We did. What's that guy's name again? It's uh, Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson. Yep, exactly. I agree with you there. He says, skip three for Mr. B. Four, me and my coworker had a discussion about Pat Bowen passing away. Both of us are Broncos fans. At first, I was a little upset that he didn't last until the Hall of Fame game, but then we realized that maybe this is a way for him to really enjoy it. The last few years, uh, but he really wasn't here with us. I don't believe he would have understood what was going on 
with now, he can watch over the ceremony and, br- and with the Broncos forever. Pat will always be one of the greatest, if not the greatest owner in history. R.I.P. Pat. It's a good point for sure. I, I mean, he w- I don't think he was going to be there either way, but maybe now he, he can be there in spirit. It, Ryan, it's hard not to say that he's likely in a better place now. Absolutely. Next one's from Orange and Blue Devils. We as Bronco fans have been so lucky to have had Mr. B as an owner. I agree with Ryan and hope ownership stays in the Bullen family. A new owner could be fine, but living in Washington, D.C., I've seen firsthand how an owner can run a franchise into the ground. Under Jack Kent Cook, the Redskins sold out every year and were a successful franchise. Now the stands are filled with fans from the opposing team each week. No one wants to go anymore. In the 20 years that Snyder has owned the team, the Redskins have been to the playoffs only five times and have lost every one of those playoff games. Whatever happens in Denver, I hope we can keep the same dynamic that Mr. B installed. It's what made being a Broncos fan so much fun all these years. We shouldn't take it for granted. Yeah, and one of the stories that Joel has told today was about how much Pat valued the fans and really said, you know, he's the owner of the team, but the fans are what make this team. And the most important thing that Pat wanted was to never have to face a blackout in this market by not selling out the stadium and you know what they did in every single home game ryan under pat bowen they sold out unbelievable so awesome next one here is from super bowen he says zach what the broncos have done for alzheimer's disease is just another thing that has made me feel closer to them my point about trying to put more focus on it was meant to be more on a national level i'm not sure if either of you have ever been to one of the alzheimer's association walks but man those leave an impression on you i usually try to raise money as an independent but i would be more than happy to donate if the BSN family came together. RK made a good point that our money together would go further. Yeah, and I wasn't trying to say that there's great attention on it anyways. I was trying to just blow your point up even more and say at least that the, the Broncos have done a good job embracing it, and hopefully it does spread even more. Absolutely. He goes on and says, Friday, Mr. B was all over the sports channels, and most of it was positive, but I could not help when cringe, but cringe when Michael Wilbon said that the only difference between – Mr. B and Jerry Jones was that Mr. B was less lavish in his daily presentation. I honestly took that personally. Mr. B changed the culture in Colorado, brought the NFL the single most important game of the week, Sunday Night Football, was the first to ever win 300 games in 30 years, and during his time had the fourth highest win percentage in all of sports. What did Jerry bring? Jerry World? A copy of what Robert Kraft did years prior? This guy's the guy's a joke. He ruined the Cowboys uh, when he took over, and they're just now returning to being an average because he realized he's a terrible GM and stopped controlling every aspect of the team. Yeah, I think it was just a poorly illustrated point by Wilbon. What I think he was trying to say is the reason that Jerry Jones is famous is because he's more lavish and in your face and and likes the spotlight, whereas Pat, despite being better than jerry jones in just about every aspect isn't as noticeable isn't necessarily a household name because he was very reserved in in the way he went about things i would imagine that's exactly the point he was trying to make he continues and says rk you're right about the hall of fame they really screwed this one up and there's no way they can make up for it i hope we come out in full force that weekend to remind the hall of fame how badly they screwed up when all they can see is orange really excited to hear that speech i think it's going to be personally right I think it's going to be an incredible turnout there. All right, finally, he says, also love the, di- the idea of renaming the field after him. That would be good. Don't know how many hurdles would be in the way of doing that, but it really would be super cool. And I don't know if we mentioned there will be um, a 
uh, memoriam to him before the first regular season game this year on top of everything else. Next one coming in from Dom's Glow. Dom Siglow. Dom, thank you. Dom Siglow. He says, first off, rest in peace, Mr. Bowen. You will definitely be missed. But a Brandon Perna appearance needs to happen at least once a week. Jeez, man. We give you guys an inch, you take a mile. Like, just be, just be appreciative that we got him on. It will happen sometime this week. We think tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> he says that would be awesome. Anyway, a fun question. If the league were to start a fantasy draft style and Denver had the first pick, who are you taking? Would you focus on defense? Nope. Pick a young proven star or a quarterback to build your team around? Who would be on your ideal team with all of the picks after the other 31 teams? Can't wait to hear your input on this. Come on. Wants to do a mock NFL draft. Do you know how screwed the teams would be at the end of that first round? <laughs> yep. They'd be in deep trouble. Every team would pick a quarterback in the first round. Absolutely. What, uh, well, what, what, actually, every team in the first half of the first round would pick a quarterback. What pick do you start getting screwed? 15-ish. I'd say there's about 14 passable quarterbacks. But then if you're picking a passable one instead of drafting a J.J. Watt, a Von Miller. Okay, so let's say Matt Sta- – where does Matt Stafford go in this draft? He's, I mean, he's first round for sure. But I'm saying is he between 10 and 14 somewhere? Yeah. Would you rather have Matt Stafford or yes. Aaron Donald? Yeah. Stafford. Yeah. Would you rather have Matt Stafford or Julio Jones? Stafford. Okay. So yeah. you're essentially doomed. But what I'm saying is with that, is that guy going to be able to take you over the hump? And then instead of getting a great quarterback and a great player, maybe instead of a, a court, now you're just, are you in quarterback purgatory? Is what I'm asking is, where do you get to? Like Dak Prescott. He would certainly be in the first round. He'd probably be that 10 to 14. That's bad. It's a, it's a good point. The mm. question is, do you put yourself in purgatory automatically? Are, are you automatically in purgatory if you don't have a top 10 pick? Mm. And maybe here's how you combat that. You don't, you don't choose a quarterback until around 31, 53. So you try and tank. You build a the best team you can around nothing. You're not going to be bad enough. And then first round pick next year. That's my problem is you're not going to be bad enough. The Rams were awful with Aaron Donald. Yeah, but that was just Aaron Donald. You're still trying to build a good team. They had to, they had to get, you know, Todd Gurley and they had to get Brandon cooks and they had to, I'm with you. My thing is I would like rest my first four round picks or something for the first season. Maybe that's what you do if you're at if you're at pick 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Trust the process. Yep. <laughs> I, all I can tell you is that if I had the first overall pick, sorry to tell you, I would be taking Patrick Mahomes. Mm, is this for franchise or one season? Franchise. Yeah, it's hard. How, how could you not pick him? You couldn't. Mm-hmm. So, one season, who you taking? Brady. Yeah. Uh, Easy. Throw coaches in there. Belichick. Is he? Are you picking him oh, first overall? Oh, no, no, no. Where would a coach go? Jimmy's and Joe's. Where, where Jimmy's would, and Joe's. Zach. Where would Bill go? Late. It'd be like late a, first round. It'd be like kickers in mm, fantasy drafts. Bill would go in the first round. That would be silly. <laughs> Who's he coaching? 
that 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 owner would say it doesn't matter. Who would be like the first pick of the second round? I mean, just the best remaining non-quarterback. Right. I'm just like trying to think of like someone who would be in that, like who isn't a top 32 player, but still pretty good. Yeah, actually, I mean, this would be so fun to watch because I mean, there'd be good players. Oh yeah. Deep into this draft. Oh yeah. But remember, you'd have to get 53. Yep. Be a long. <laughs> be a 90 round draft because you'd make the roster as it is right now right. before being cut down. Ugh. Yeah, please, NFL, it's fun, but please don't ever do this. Ryan and I will not live through this. <laughs> we wouldn't make it. We wouldn't make it to the <laughs> other side. Um, I just, if you draft Bill Belichick in the first round, you are insane. It would, it would happen. It would happen. I disagree. The guy that has a by far winning record without Tom Brady. Yeah, but the but everything that they've done has been established around Tom Brady. He would be drafted in the first round. That'd be dumb. <laughs> From Chilongo Bronco. Hey, guys. Tough week, especially for the family and friends of Pat. As mentioned many times before, it was a devastating disease for the caretakers, and I hope they find peace quickly. Bronco's question. How do you see Tim Patrick doing this offseason? Last year when Sanders got injured, I thought he stepped up and made interesting plays, especially in clutch moments. Now it seems like he might struggle to make the roster. P.S. Thailand women's soccer team got scored a goal. S- scored a goal against Sweden, and all the team were trying, crying tears of joy. I struggled with that one. I felt good for them. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool that after the U.S. absolutely destroyed them, they were able to find some joy later in the tournament. And I don't mean destroyed on the field. I mean just destroyed them emotionally. So good for them. And you know what? Tim Patrick, I was thinking about him this this, this weekend. He is exactly, I, I mean, he has a very specific spot on this team right now. Ryan, he's the fourth receiver on this team. And I was thinking, can, can he move up and be that third, that second? I'm, if, and, you know, of course, Manuel Sanders healthy. He, he's the one or the two. No, Tim Patrick can't move up, really. Can he move back? Maybe Juwan Winfrey can jump him. But can Tim Patrick realistically fall to the sixth or the seventh and, and have his job be at risk? I would be blown away. So I think his role is very clear he's the fourth guy i think so too um it ju- the only thing i could change it is if skangs doesn't like bigger receivers maybe he'd rather have a river craycraft and a Jawan winfrey than a tim patrick i don't know like i said i don't know that but i think that's the only way he falls out of the mix i think he's earned the right to be on the team and i think that's why you you haven't heard of tim patrick much this offseason program is because he has just been the fourth receiver, and the fourth receiver is never really talked about that often. Final one here comes in from Wild Bronco. Hey, RK and Z, been a while since I commented, but I'll try to keep it short. You failed. <laughs> one, getting the news of Mr. B's passing was a sad day for Broncos country and myself. I've been a diehard fan of the Broncos since watching Mr. B, B raise the Lombardi trophy and exclaiming, this one's for John. By the way, it's okay to be long-winded, especially on subjects like this. Yes. Then years later... Watching the franchise come full circle when John raised the Lombardi and said this one's for Pat was absolutely exhilarating. I would not be as big of a fan of this franchise had it not be for Mr. B founding Broncos country and turning it into one of the great sports communities in the world. 
Two, Mr. B should always be remembered for the man he was and what he did, not only for Broncos country, but the NFL as well. I agree it is a shame to the NFL or to the Hall of Fame that Mr. B never had the opportunity to wear the gold jacket while he was alive, but it is poetic that the NFL's 100th season celebration, there is an induction of him and Champ into the Hall of Fame. Three, skip for Mr. B. Four, to the point of a Pat Bowen shirt, I'm all for that. Anything us fans can do to make it happen? Not necessarily. In the works. Five, I'm on board with the audio stories and love hearing the articles read to me on my 45-minute commute one way and to and from work every day. Just another way for all of us to enjoy the great content that the BSN family provides. Six, keep it up with the amazing content. Much like Mr. B did, it is great to hear you guys continuing that legacy by making Broncos country a great community through BSN's work. Finally, seven is retired. (laughs) He closes by saying cheers, Wild Bronco, and that will close things for us. Not quite yet, Ryan. We have one buzzer beater, and it's a buzzer beater. Coming in from Ryan Clayman, he says, just wanted to say thank you for the Mr. B podcast on Friday. Tough day for all Broncos fans, and thought, and you two help us get through it. Thanks, guys. Hashtag RIP Mr. B. And thank you, Ryan Clayman, and and everyone for rolling with us through through this tough times. And uh, today was... A, a very good day, and I think Joe Ellis and John Elway did a fantastic job uh, remembering, remembering and honoring Pat Bolin. Couldn't agree more, and stay tuned to BSN all week because we are going to be putting out more and more stories about Pat and his legacy, uh, and then, of course, you know, getting into some of our off-season content, which we put some work into and, and think we have some interesting stuff, but especially as it relates to Mr. Bolin. We'll have multiple stories on that, and I really encourage you to read the Sam Adams feature. Uh, It's special to bsndenver.com, and I think you guys will really, really enjoy it. It is a real great look at the person Mr. Bullen was. And with that said, that's going to wrap it up for us today on the BSN Broncos podcast. We appreciate you all for listening, whether you are the president of the Broncos or you are uh, the president of the fan club. Uh, We appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the BSN Broncos podcast. Getting me down, waiting up for you. Cause I could have just as easily left by now. What makes me return is what I need you to do. It's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. 
These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.